0: Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here's the show.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome. You're
2: listening to Body Balance Talk, and I'm Lucy. Hi, everybody. I'm Madeline. And I'm Jeannie. And we just love to welcome you all to the show. And we
3: all know that Thanksgiving is coming right up next week. And we talked quite a bit about the holidays and stress last week. And we learned some pretty interesting ways that stress affects our bodies. And we discussed how excessive stress puts your body in the mode of preserving and putting on even more fat, while not preserving muscle. And that leads us to having a body that has too much Much fat on it, so that overfat body. Just think about if you just get up on the get on the scale and weigh yourself, and it gives you a number that actually, as we all know, doesn't give you any sort of number as to how much fat you have. And so, for instance, say that your your goal weight or your ideal body body weight would be 130 pounds. And you get on the skin and you go, oh yeah, I am 130 pounds, but you're all squishy all over. And maybe you put on a pair of pants and it indents around your hips or your waist, or you have some sort of shirt and it indents on your upper arms or so your belly has these rolls on it. Even if you're going to be at some sort of weight that you determined you thought that that would be a good weight for you, um, you can for sure be over fat. And that would be when you're kind of squishy. And so... That's where this excess stress comes in when we have this excessive stress. It almost doesn't matter what foods you're eating and what exercise you're doing. When you have that excessive stress, your body is just going to continue to put more fat on your body and then not allow you to actually put more muscle on your body or even keep muscle. And so it would be a body that has a good amount of muscle on it that looks nice and toned. Um, For instance, like you're you're walking around and your thighs, I mean, of course, some of your thighs are going to absolutely move for sure, but they should be moving because you have these great quads and you've got developed hamstrings and inner thigh muscles, not because it's all jiggly with fat. And so we just want to understand the difference between just a body weight and somebody being over fat. And it's a success of stress that people have in their lives that make it so that you just, for some reason, cannot lose this excessive body fat and you never get this body that's nice and lean and toned. And now this affects way more people than you would think. And those of you who are wondering why your exercise and eating are not working for you, it would be wise for you to take a look at your stress level. And That would be external stress, like your job or your career or how you spend your time, your relationships, how much sleep you get. Those are all external things, and that's only a small list. It would really be anything Maybe your commute to work, like people that commute three hours to work and then three hours mm-hmm. home, that's six hours on the road. So it just whatever is happening for you, and it's even the times you work, like, oh, yeah, I work nights or I work swing shifts. You just look at all of these external factors, and then that's going to be called external stress, but we also want to take a look at internal stress and realize that internal stress might just be even more of a problem for you than the external. So it may or may not, because we all have different lives and different bodies, but we want to realize that it could be both of those or one or the other. And, you know, realistically, it's really going to be both for most people, And internal stress would be things like infections and organ dysfunction. So you might think, well, I don't have infections. Like you're thinking you have this great big red infected thing with Band-Aids on it. We're not talking about those. Now, you might have that, but that's not the kind of infections I'm talking about. Talking about a little bit more internal infections, like infections in your teeth that you might not notice that you have or infections in your gut with an overgrowth of bad bacteria Um, or infections in your bladder or your kidneys, things that are inside and they're not putting you in the hospital. And oftentimes we don't even really notice that we have these, but it's important to know that it it can be a common thing for people. And to make it easy, because this all can start to get really complicated, like, oh, I don't know, what do you mean my teeth and my bladder and all these things? I'm not too sure where to look. And so let's make it easy And let's, for internal stress, let's have the first place that we take a look would be the digestive system. And so we all know that if you're not digesting your food effectively, the food, it digests itself. So... Knowing that ideally you want to be eating the food and then you have all these great enzymes and chemicals inside your body that are going to break the food down, but that actually doesn't happen for, I'm going to guess for Americans, the majority of people, that it doesn't happen that way. And so... That food is sitting in your stomach, and if you don't have the good enzymes and hydrochloric acid to break down your food, then the food is going to actually create its own chemicals itself. And it creates these things called LPS, or lipopolysaccharides, And they're kind of like um, toxic acids that the good thing about it is it's going to break your food down so it doesn't sit in your stomach forever. And then when you die, the food is still sitting in your stomach. So this is nice that it creates those lipopolysaccharides itself. But unfortunately... Those lipopolysaccharides do two things. They get absorbed into your own system, like your blood, and then they're carried throughout your body, and they do a number on your brain and your thyroid and a number of your other organs. Um, And they, they also, some of them will stay and travel through the digestive tract, and then they start to create this inflammation and lead to leaky gut. And knowing that leaky gut is going to um, allow for larger than normal food particles to be absorbed from your small intestine and right into your bloodstream, and that leads to now that could be that could be classified as an infection because it's going to lead to an immune response. So your body doesn't recognize those larger food particles, and it creates a Uh, An immune response and then that leads to inflammation. So we can see all of that going on. We can see how that would be a stressful environment inside of our bodies. And so it's often safest and easiest that we start with the digestive system because if you start to fix those problems... Other problems that you're having, like, say, with your brain, actually. Say you go, oh, yeah, I, th- I think I, I have OCD and I've got ADD and ADHD and I have autism and I have dementia and I have Alzheimer's. I have all these things. I Or you just go, you know what, I just can't really think straight. My mind isn't as clear as I remember it being. Or <clears throat> you're a younger person that says, I've never had a clear mind. I've always had foggy thinking. Those are all things that affect your brain. And that would be those lipop... It could be many, many, many different things that are happening there. But a really, really large one is those lipopolysaccharides from the undigested food going and creating havoc and trouble in your brain. Okay, that could be your brain. It could be your thyroid. It could be any other organ in your body. It could be your liver. Any place. And so that's why we like to start with the digestive system when we're talking about internal stress because all those other problems, it's not that they're necessarily going to be all fixed and completely gone, but you're going to get a real good, great start on smoothing out a lot of those other problems that you might have been experiencing. And so, if we're going to start with addressing internal stress with the digestive system, the very first step would be to be eating in a relaxed state and stop eating fast on the run. And so, here's the rule if you don't notice that you're eating, you're fast and on the run. So, you're not in a relaxed enough state to properly digest your food. So remembering that a relaxed state doesn't mean that you're in a meditative state or you're tired or anything like that. It just means that you are noticing you're eating and you maybe you can smell the food. You have a chance to look at it, notice the textures of it, notice it in your mouth. We want to be in that relaxed state when we're eating. And then the next step is going to be to chew your food thoroughly, so chew it up until you don't have large chunks. So obviously that's going to be different for a little bit of a tough piece of steak. It's going to take a whole lot more chewing than something like winter squash. But even if it's things like winter squash and you go, I i don't really chew that and I don't chew protein shakes, um, you, you don't make your like your teeth go up and down and chew. You still want to move that food around in your mouth and allow it to mix with the digestive enzymes in your saliva, in your mouth. So we all know that that takes a little bit of time. So that's part of this slowing down process here. And just knowing that this whole umbrella term of slowing down your eating, that's gonna allow all of your nerves and your chemicals that help to digest your food to do the best job that they can when we're gonna be in that slower and more relaxed state. <clears throat> so, guess what? Next week is Thanksgiving. Next Thursday. So, we can all, if, if we haven't already been chewing our food, this would be actually a great place to start. Um, because may, hopefully you're going to have a nice, relaxed dinner where you don't have any place to go. And so you can take as long as you need and continue that habit of chewing after Thanksgiving. So we can be at the Thanksgiving table and you're having maybe family and friends. Now, realize that you might be sitting next to family that are very upsetting for you. So you're going to just have to do your best, maybe sit a different place at the table. But enjoy what you're doing there. Sit down, put the food in your mouth, chew it up. And here's another trick is just go ahead and put your fork down. So this thing of having the food ready about two inches away from your mouth, let's start to reverse that habit and instead just put your fork down, chew your food while maybe you're looking around and maybe possibly even having a conversation with other people at the table. And think about taking a minimum of 20 minutes to eat your your food or your meal. And then we can also really enjoy it. So there's that great side effect of enjoyment of food and enjoyment of life. Now, if you're somebody that is having trouble digesting food, I'm going to recommend avoid drinking large amounts of liquid with your meal. And for the reason that you have these great digestive enzymes and hydrochloric acid in your stomach and if you're drinking large quantities, I'm talking about these great big things like 20 ounces of something like diet coke, okay? That that's going to really dilute the digestive enzymes. And so instead, we want to think of having nice concentrated digestive enzymes and hydrochloric acid that can have contact with the food and start to break it down. And that, what that means is if you're going to be drinking, have sips, sips of something, a little sip of whatever it is that you're drinking rather than large gulps and drinking great so your stomach has these big pools of liquid in it. That's what we want to avoid having. <coughs> Now, just doing these things often fix people's digestive problems. But many of you, you might get some improvement with this, but you might feel like you need a little bit more help. And so if you have chronic reflux or you have poor digestion, I'm going to recommend that you go and get checked by a chiropractor to be sure that you don't have a hiatal hernia. And a hiatal hernia would be where your stomach is actually pushed up through your diaphragm. And that could be pushed up a tiny bit, a moderate amount, or it could be really pushed up a whole lot for you. And so if you imagine your stomach like a pouch and then when you eat it's a pouch or a balloon and then you eat and then that balloon is kind of filled with food if you have a hiatal hernia it's like having a rubber band around it and it's just going to it's going to push food up into your esophagus and so you might be one of these people just thinking well i just have reflux cuz this Every time I eat, the food comes up, and so I need to take medications for that. But imagine if what the problem is, is that if it's a physical problem here, that your stomach has a rubber band around it. Well, then you, you'd you want to fix the physical problem. Yeah, and, and for
2: some people, you could have just a, a par- part of your stomach pulled up like that, like just a little bit. But sometimes it gets so bad that, that people will have their entire stomach pulled up. And um, it's something that you want to make sure you find out, like, sooner rather than later. And if you suspect that that might be you, you go to the chiropractor and start getting some treatments, you know, right away so that it doesn't end up your entire stomach up there. Yeah, know, me,
3: the yeah, chiropractor just- can pull the stomach down, and so it, so if you're afraid to get checked because there's going to be all this invasive things going on, it's really not invasive, and the chiropractor can do a technique as to pull the stomach back down. And then it, depending on what, uh, what how much trouble you have with the hiatal hernia, you might have to go in a couple more times, and then some chiropractors also would be able to teach you how to do it yourself or teach um, your partner. Or husband or wife, or somebody else that can do it for you and pull the stomach down, and hopefully, eventually, then the stomach does stay down. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, and like Jeannie said, it's nothing that's invasive or terrifying or, or anything like that. It's just like a simple chiropractic adjustment where they're just drawing the, the, the actual stomach down with their hands, you know, from the outside of your body. Um, And I have have a hiatal hernia and and I was one of those people that had to go in frequently when I first found out I had that. But then after it was a lot more under control and, and I was able to sense it a little bit better myself, it was easy to adjust it by myself. And my chiropractor taught me how to do that, but there is actually a great video uh, where you can learn to do this yourself, and this is by Dr. John DuYard, and I'll give you the link in just a moment so you have time to go and get a pen and paper here, but... um, he actually recommends that everybody does this stomach pulling a couple of times a day and maybe after you eat or or once a day or so, even if you don't know if you have a hiatal hernia or, or not, and you'll hear a lot more information about that on his video. But if you go to lifespa.com, like L-I-F. S-p-a.com. That's his website and then there's a, a little search button or a box called website search and type stomach pulling in that box and it will be the first article that comes up. He's got hundreds and hundreds of articles, but stomach pulling is what you'll find for that. So we would definitely recommend that everybody goes on there and, and tries the stomach pulling and if you feel better afterwards, then do it every day. Mm-hmm. So
3: yeah. if
1: someone has a hiatal hernia, do, can you tell just by looking at them?
3: No. You would need okay. to um, kind of feel around in there. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And that's what chiropractors are really good at. And maybe some other sort of body workers do it too. We aren't aware of any, but um, someone who can really get in there and feel around and feel what's going on inside. Now, if you don't have a hiatal hernia, so say that you got checked out for that, and that's not what you're dealing with, or say that you did have one, and then you got the stomach pulled down, and it's moved, and it's fixed, and say that you still have trouble with digestion, then we would recommend considering to take hydrochloric acid and digestive enzymes, and the hydrochloric acid, I just want to point out, uh, I'm not talking, you can buy glacial um, hydrochloric acid, which is a liquid. You do, That's absolutely not something you'd want to do. We're talking about a, a supplement, a health supplement that people take and not hydrochloric acid you would use in a lab or maybe to clean off um, glass or something like that. That w- That's not it. This would come in a pill form in a supplement that would be safe for people to take. And we would, and then the digestive enzymes. So those would be two things, hydrochloric acid and digestive enzymes, that can assist you uh, if, if you're not really digesting very well. Those are things that your body should already be producing. But many people, for a variety of reasons, are low in both of those. And so sometimes supplementation helps. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, and it looks like we're it, coming up here on a break, so um, we'll go ahead and, and take that. But we are taking callers today, and the number is one eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. And we'll see you in a few moments.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening
4: to Voice America Health & Wellness. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health & Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan and Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tivaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network.
3: Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time
0: on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Kelly covers our relationship with food and teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be,
3: taking us on a weekly food journey, guiding us to a more rich and vibrant life. So tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health
0: and Wellness channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at nutrition.com. Now back to the show.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome back to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy, and let's just jump right
3: back into what we were talking about before break. And that was about the digestive enzymes and the hydrochloric acid that many people are low in. And uh, it's important to note that you want to write this down, that hydrochloric acid is what helps you to digest your proteins. And then it's the digestive enzymes that help you to digest things like vegetables and other carbs. And we have a product we do like to recommend for the HCL. There are many different ones, but one that we particularly like is called Travisid. It's T-R-A-V-A-C. Uh, I'll just start over. T-R-A-V-A-C-I-D, Travisid, And the company that makes it is called Ultralife. And we have that here at the studio, or you can just go online to Ultralife and um, order your own Travisid. And that will have hydrochloric acid, and then also pepsin, which is going to help you to further break down um, the proteins. Now, if you're taking the HCL, first you'd want to eat your meal, and then you take one tablet of the HCL after you've eaten, and then you pay attention, and if anything... For for most people, it's going to be just perfectly fine. But if you notice any kind of uh, heat or kind of burning or anything like that, then you're not going to want to be taking the hydrochloric acid. Just put it away. And um, that could happen if you have an ulcer. And you don't want to be taking hydrochloric acid if you have an ulcer. So if you already know that you're dealing with an ulcer, you wouldn't want to go ahead and take hydrochloric acid with that. But oftentimes people don't even know that they have an ulcer. Now, if one tablet worked real well for you, try two at your next meal. And that could be a good dose for a lot of people. But you're going to just notice if you feel like you're able to break down food better. So it's a, it's a little bit um, or very, very subjective here about if you feel like you're breaking down food. So a feeling that you're not breaking down food would be as if you eat something like, like, I hear a lot of people say, oh, I don't eat beef because it just kind of sits in my stomach and I feel like it doesn't go anywhere. Well, that's not really the problem with the beef. That's the problem with that you don't have the HCL to be breaking that down. And so if you're going to be eating beef, which we highly recommend that everybody eats grass-fed beef for sure, you want to be sure that you chew it up first off. Take small bites of it, really chew it up, and then try taking some hydrochloric acid. And that... HCL, it's going to help your stomach break down the protein. This is so important because now you can actually absorb the amino acids, which are so helpful for your brain function, your muscles, and really, really every single tissue in your body uses amino acids. So just think that you have this body and it needs amino acids as a building blocks for everything in your body, and then you just can't really break down protein meal after meal after meal after meal. It doesn't break down for you. So one, you're not getting the nutrition and the amino acids, so what, what goes there? Your brain, right? Because you need those amino acids. All kinds of things in your body go. But plus, it, it, the, those foods now are making those LPS, lipopolysaccharides, that are going throughout your body, creating even more we trouble. We don't hear it. There you are.
1: In and out for a bit, but we Okay, hear can you now. hear me
3: now? Yes. Now, so just really a lot of trouble when we're not breaking protein down. And um, people with thyroid trouble, you know, often you know, you jump right into taking thyroid medications because you think, well, what else is there to do? But one of the big things with thyroid is to really start to get yourself to one, eat the protein, and two, break it down. Your thyroid really needs to have those amino acids, and really, your entire body needs to have those. And. Now, digestive enzymes are a little bit different here. You could take those before your meal, during, or after. It's not quite so tricky with those. And it's a good idea to just start with two. And we, we have some brands that we really, really like here at the studio. But in general, digestive enzymes are pretty easy things to get. Get some nice, high-quality ones and not not something that's going to be rock-bottom cheap. And take two of those with your meal And that's going to help you to break down especially difficult to digest vegetables. Like say you're eating a bunch of raw broccoli, you can just imagine that takes a lot to break that down or any other sort of raw vegetables, or even if they're cooked, if they don't break down well for you, taking digestive enzymes can really, really help with
1: that. So can you say again, if you're purchasing them in the store, you're looking for something like what? Like something with lipase?
3: Yeah, you're looking for something with a lot of different enzymes and a lot meaning like five to 10 different enzymes in there. Mm-hmm. And really any, any kind of product that's labeled digestive enzymes is going to have that. I've never, ever seen one that only has one thing, like amylase. So mm-hmm. I think people are pretty pretty good with that. But um, yeah, those are pretty easy. And so you're going to start to get a feel for how many of the tablets of HCL and digestive enzymes that you'll need based on what you're eating. So again, if you're eating, say, so you go, oh, I'm mean, going to eat a great big salad with all these raw vegetables on it. Then maybe you're going to want to take a couple of extra digestive enzymes or say you go, oh, no, I'm, I'm eating protein this time. Well, then you're going to want to for sure take HCL. Now, ideally, you're eating all that stuff all at once. So say like a big salad with raw vegetables and you have some salmon on that or some chicken or bison or something else. So then you're going to, usually you're going to want to take all of that because your meals really should be balanced with having the vegetables and the protein sources. And Another thing here is that the great news is that hydrochloric acid also helps kill bacteria and parasites and viruses that come right along with your food. And so this is good anytime but it's to take the hydrochloric acid but especially if you're traveling to those places where you suspect that you might have trouble with the food like with food poisoning or maybe you think well it's not quite as clean in this country and maybe there's going to be bacteria excessive bacteria on the food so that's one reason that this product that we like to recommend it's called Travacid, and trava meaning traveling so Again, you don't only take it when you're traveling, but it's very, very worthwhile. So that could be very, very good news for people who travel and then you end up with GI trouble. Uh, Like um, I think those people on that Princess Cruise line, isn't that happening? Oh, yes. Everybody's Mm -hmm. really sick there. So just think if you were one of those lucky people taking Travis said, who knows, maybe that would have helped on those cruises. Now, besides digesting the food, we also want to focus on getting it out of your system because it should not be sitting there forever in your colon. Mm-hmm. So we want to have everybody getting yourself to use the bathroom a minimum of once a day and a large amount at that. Now, if that's not happening for you, first thing is to try drinking water. If, you're, if you barely drink any water at all, start to inch, really get that to, to go. So I'm talking about eight or ten glasses of water throughout the day. So not just all at once, but drink those throughout the day and see if that if that helps you. And sometimes for some people, that's all it takes. Um, and then if, if that's not it, you say, now I'm drinking all that water. It's helped a little bit, but I'm still having trouble going to the bathroom. Um, then we maybe want to think about fiber and increasing your fiber up to these numbers, maybe 25 grams or 35 grams a day. So you're going to have to get Go online and you can figure out how many grams of fiber are in various foods. And focus that you would want to get your fiber mostly from things like vegetables or flax seeds or chia seeds. And not through things like whole grains or fiber cereals. You want to leave those out of the diet. And if you're low on fiber, though, say that you kind of take a look at what you've been eating and you determine, wow, I've been only getting four grams of fiber a day. So tomorrow I'm going to get 25. You don't want to do that. Instead, increase it slowly. So just inch it up and then also use the digestive enzymes if you need to help to break those foods down. Um, And Because you can experience excessive gas and belly pain if you increase your fiber too quickly. Now, after increasing the vegetables... Say Now, if that didn't help, say, say you go again. Well, it helps some, but I'm still having a little bit of trouble. I go to the bathroom and I sit and read magazines for 25 minutes. Okay, that's not how the experience should be. So if you're actually pooping how you should be, you shouldn't need magazines and books or phones or anything in the bathroom. You should just go and then be finished and then get out of the bathroom. So say that this is still not working for you. Consider getting some organic psyllium husks. And psyllium is spelled with a P. It's P-S-Y-L-L-I-U-M. And Husks. It sounds like these big corn husks, but actually when you buy it in the store, it looks like kind of a tan powder that you can measure out with a spoon. Where and do you would t- find
2: that in the store?
3: Well, I, I shop at the co-op here and I find it in the bulk food section, but they also sell it in a large package. So um, you can buy it by, I think, eight or 12 or 16 ounce package as well. And I'm sure that they have psyllium, probably in other kind of more regular stores, I would think, but I, I haven't been in those recently. But um, I, I'm going to say to avoid things like Metamucil for right now. Those would be things you find in the drugstore. Not that they're really, really terrible, but they sometimes they have sweeteners and colorings and other kinds of stuff in it that you really don't need. You just can go straight to the psyllium, but really seriously, you have to start small with this. And so I would suggest just a teaspoon in a glass of water. Stir it up. So you, this is not something to take dry. Put it in the water and then slowly increase to maybe a tablespoon or so. See how your body reacts. But this should help um, people to poop a little bit easier and to um, increase the bulk of the stool. And But be sure that you take this with a rather large amount of water. Um, Because if you don't, it's going to suck up the water in your colon and turn into something like a cement and you're not going to be feeling good. It's going to back you up even more and make even more trouble. And so now that we get you digesting your food and eliminating it regularly and on time, then hopefully your internal stress stress should start to go down and decrease. And other internal stress problems might even start to diminish or just go away rather quickly for you. And so this is such a really great place to put focus on the digestive system because it's the origin for so many other problems. And so at this point, we're going to leave the internal stress and turn to look just a little bit more at the external stress and see what we can do about that. And remembering external stress are all those kind of like life situations that are happening out there rather than inside of your body. And last week we talked about taking responsibility for yourself and not allowing others to dictate your life. And I think that's really easy to brush off and say, oh, I'm not like that. But I really think uh, for every single person myself included, that if we just sit and look at a few different situations that happen throughout the day, we can see that it's very, very easy for us to allow other people to gain control over us and dictate our own lives. And and the thing about this is it's usually because we're allowing that to happen. It's not, I think he, sometimes people are big, bad monster people, but in general, that's not what's happening. It's that we're actually just giving away our power to other people. Now, this could be as simple as agreeing to go to a family Thanksgiving celebration when <clears throat> it really would not work well for you at all, and you agree anyway. So, again, these people are not twisting your arm. They're not punching you in the face or holding a gun up to you. You've just said, oh, sh- oh, sh- oh, of course we'll come to Thanksgiving dinner. And so that, that would be an example of you giving your power over to other people, And so we highly recommend that people don't allow these holidays to add more stress to our lives. And instead, let's take time and go inside ourselves and ask ourselves why we're making these decisions and ask, is it because we want to please other people? Because we don't want to say no? Is it because we think people expect us to do these things? And so we want to keep understanding that no one else is going to take care of you. So I'm going to say that again, no one else is going to take care of you. So this means that first, you have to take care of yourself. And once you do that, only then can you look around and then see what you can do outside of yourself. So imagine, you grudgingly attend this family get-together at Thanksgiving and you're kind of exhausted and stressed and tired and really would rather not be there. Now, do you think people will really, truly enjoy your company? And <laughs> probably you, not.
1: Probably not, no. yeah.
3: And do you have a lot to offer? Mm-mm. Probably not. No, most likely people don't really want to talk and connect with you. So we turn that around and say, what if instead you took care of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually? and become a whole person somebody who has something to offer and you may have to alter your holiday plans to make this happen but look at how much happier and healthier that healthier that you would be and look at how much more than that you'll have at that point to give and offer to other people so we have to realize that we cannot be there for others if we've not taken responsibility for ourselves first and instead, we become burdens on other people. So here's now, I the I think
2: that is just such an important point. And I, just, I know you just said it multiple times, but I just want to even say it again and emphasize how it is really, truly, first and foremost, most important to take care of yourself and your health and, and in your life. And then you're able to actually be an enjoyable person around other people and be able to help them take care of themselves as well. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And so I'm just really calling for all of us, me
3: included, we all step up and we tune into ourselves and be the person who takes care of ourselves and stop relying on other people to give us that. And it often just simply comes down to a decision and a choice. And you just simply decide that from now on, You'll take responsibility for every single one of your actions and stop blaming other people or circumstances. And when people do that and make that decision, then the stress actually starts to decrease. And because now we feel like we have control over our own lives rather than being a victim to other people and other circumstances. So, so important to realize that when you feel like you don't have control, that puts a tremendous amount of stress on people. And then that ends up turning into this
2: internal stress. Yes. And something that came up to, um, you know, in conversation a a few weeks ago in the studio was actually a woman um, brought up to me, oh, you know, I never get enough sleep. And I said, oh, tell me about that. And she said, well, you know, my daughter stays up all night long doing homework. She stays up until, you know, two and three and four in the morning doing homework. And she does all these extracurricular activities. So that's why she can't get her homework done. And and I feel bad, so I stay up until she goes to bed, and then now I feel like I'm going crazy all day long because I don't get any sleep, and you know that's just a great, great example of what you're talking about, Jeannie. yeah, that's an example
3: where you think that you're being nice to someone else oh i'll oh honey, I'll stay up with you," and then you turn into um you know not not a very nice person because you haven't gotten sleep. So absolutely, I think that we all find ourselves doing that because, you know, I think in general people want to be nice people, and especially here in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and we want to help people out. But, you know, that, that ends up in the long run not helping people when you become somebody who can't take care of your own self.
1: Well, let's move on to our second break, and when we come back, um, we'll continue our discussion, and we have lots of practical ways to reduce stress. We'll be back soon
0: opinions options answers you're listening to voice america health and wellness
4: can grief be good for you absolutely Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Kudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live, wherever you go, on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at one 472 5792 That's one 472 5792 Or send an email to info at Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. It's Body Balance Talk, and this is Lucy. And we have, when we start our segment right now, we have a letter that we wanted to share.
2: Yeah, and this is actually something from a, a client who comes to the studio and takes classes and does nutrition with us. Her name is Mary Beth. And, and she actually I- lost 100 pounds. I just yes. had yeah, to sneak that if in there. If you all want to see Mary Beth's amazing transformation and hear about her story, there's a quick little video on Facebook. So just look up, look up Studio Timeout on Facebook and you'll see a few days ago great video about Mary Beth it's like three mm-hmm. minutes long but she just sent us an email and it says just wanted to drop you a note about some of the travel tips that were shared on Facebook and the radio show I just did a quick two-day trip and brought my Nutribullet with and um, I'll just do a side note a bullet is like one of those really small blenders that's kind of portable it's very small oh yeah and- I used it too David and I went to Puerto Rico
3: and I used the NutriBullet. Oh, no, I, is that what I had? You in had medical? just
1: the regular. You had the magic bullet.
3: Oh, I had the magic yeah, bullet. Yeah, which similar. is a little step down, but we mm-hmm. used it every day too.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Mary Beth says, I planned ahead and I had some pre measured protein, sprouted nuts, kale, and dynamic greens to make smoothies. Worked fabulous and I feel great. Often I find it challenging to to find food choices, healthy, uh, tastes great, filling, and a good mix of fat, protein, and good carbs. Thanks for all the education. So there you go. Great job, Mary Beth, just picking up on all new types of tips for, you know, continuing your, your weight loss and your health and everything. So we're so glad to hear from her, but then let's go back into this topic of practical ways to reduce stress. And we've gone over lots of um, you know, internal digestive stress, all, di- all different types of stress that we can work with. But then looking at external stress, which could really be anything. Maybe it's, it's that you're in a job that you don't like, or maybe it's just that you're in a difficult situation at home. Um, it really could be anything, anything in your life that's causing stress. And something that we would really recommend is to actually take time out of your life to attend some type of retreat. And something that we do at the studio is shamanic breathwork retreats. And that's a, a weekend dedicated to um, working with the breath, but yeah. also working with lots of other modalities of music and, and some art and a lot of talking and movement and journaling that's all designed to bring you back into the roots of who you really are and to allow yourself to let go of Lots of types of traumas or just a lot of emotions that are held inside of you that could have been in there for your entire life. So we all know we've got all kinds of feelings and emotions just built up in there. So something like a breathwork retreat can help you to, to take all of that and move some energy and open up some mm-hmm. space to really step into more of who, who you really are. But, you know, if you don't have something like a a shamanic breathwork retreat in your area, there are lots of other types of things that you could do. Um, You know, this could be a meditation retreat, or it could be a silence retreat, or um, what are some other ideas? Well, just any of those. I think that people have the idea of what retreats are, but you just look those
3: up. It's really just time out for yourself. To mm-hmm. so take that mm-hmm. for yourself. And it's really just a chance to step outside, out of your life and get a different perspective.
2: Yeah. And something about that, about taking time out, I hear um, very frequently that people say, oh, I don't have time for that breathwork retreat because we have soccer and and my kids. And, you know, we're going to be doing this this weekend. And and sounds like they just have like a whole stack up of things. And it's just really not going to be... A, a possibility for them to take that time out in their mind. But then once people actually do and they just, you know, kind of put it on their calendar and they say, I'm, I'm going to this and I'm going to do it. And then they go and they say, wow, I am absolutely amazed at how good I feel for simply just taking some days out for myself. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that really is possible, you know, no matter how busy you are, it is something that you can definitely do. For yourself. Mm-hmm. So we
3: have retreats. That's that's one. What yep. else do you have in your little trick basket?
2: How about getting enough sleep? And we touched on this just slightly before, but really planning out in your schedule when you're going to go to bed and really assuring that you get a good night's sleep, you know, whatever that means to you, whether you need to get some new shades so your room is actually dark enough so you can sleep late enough. Um, but, you know, whatever it is that you need to do to get eight or nine or maybe even more hours of sleep for some people. So that's going to be a big priority for all of us this season. You know, something
1: I've heard from clients is that some people uh, lie in bed and they just have racing thoughts going on. And there's lots of other things we can do to, to help with that. So we won't get into too many of the solutions for that. But one thing that works for some people is as you're lying in bed, you you do a little meditation and you imagine that you're putting these worries or these thoughts or these concerns onto a tree that you're going to pin them up in your mind. You see this tree and you see yourself pinning them up onto a tree or maybe you want to tie them onto balloons and then you watch these balloons float away and you know that now those thoughts are leaving and for the rest of the night you'll have a nice relaxing night and you can always go back to those thoughts and those worries later if you need to.
2: Yeah, and Lucy, you know about um, some breathing techniques, rhythmic breathing and mm-hmm. belly breathing. Are these types of um, breathing techniques something that help people <coughs> fall asleep at all? Yes,
1: it could help with sleep, but these are also going to help actually rejuvenate you a bit. So you might have to practice for yourself and see if it's something that's going to help you sleep.
2: Um, but is it breathing- more like of a centering exercise that just helps you to kind of reset? yes. Yep. More of a centering
1: exercise and also just the act of breathing and getting more of that oxygen into your body is going to help decrease your stress level and help to increase your ability to just function throughout the day. And this box breathing or this rhythmic breathing specifically actually helps to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So that parasympathetic nervous system is that relaxed nervous system, the opposite one, that's sympathetic that's the stressful one where we're just go 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 all the time so in order to help bring your mind into more of a relaxed state and your whole nervous system into a relaxed state you do this rhythmic breathing so instead of just sitting there and taking some random deep breaths you would breathe in the same pace in and then back out so four counts to inhale Six counts to exhale. So a shorter inhale and a
2: longer exhale.
1: Yes. Try it. Yes. Let's do it together. And you do a little hold at the top.
4: (coughs) Will you count us down?
1: Yes. So let's all start. Prepare to inhale. And let's breathe in. Two, three, four. Hold it and exhale. Five, four, three, two, one. Inhale four. Hold it. Exhale out,
2: out, oh, no. out. I got confused. Yeah, Is it? Yeah. You got you an exhale out. for five counts yeah. or six
3: counts? S- six counts. Okay, so can you count us through it again? What we're There's, supposed to
1: do? Yep. So you'll let's prepare to inhale and inhale for one, two, three. You're as full as you can be. Hold it and hold it and exhale. Six, five, four three, two, breathing all the air out, inhale again for four, three, two, one, hold it, and exhale, five, four, three, two, and one. So you really want to
3: exhale for six.
2: So it's an inhale for four, A pause and then an exhale for six and a pause. And how many times do you do that? You do that for a few minutes. So even a
1: minute would be fine. Or you could do it for five minutes if you wanted to. But most
3: people are going to start with a shorter amount of time. And a big key is on the exhale to exhale slowly.
1: Yes. Yes. And as you inhale and exhale, inhaling, you want to fill your lungs as full as they're going to be. So it's going to be a little faster of an inhale. You're filling up the lungs and then you hold it for a few beats. Exhale for six. And that is slow, but you're letting all of the air exhale. So by the time it's time to inhale again, you're really ready to inhale. Yeah, I already feel
2: more
3: relaxed.
2: This is the type of breath that you could do pretty much anywhere. So you could do this while you're driving driving in your car. It's not going to put you to sleep or, or you know, standing in line at the DMV. Yes. You could even do this while you're out going for a walk Or, you know, I have also done this while I'm lying in bed if I'm having trouble falling asleep. It's something, you know, I think it's more about almost distracting you from your thoughts and using those counts that will help you to fall asleep. Yes.
1: Yeah. And what about belly breathing? Yeah, belly breathing. Well, that's very similar to this. So basically, we as you inhale, you want to breathe into your belly and you want you want your belly to expand and even stick out. So a lot of us walk around and we keep our bellies drawn in and tight all the time. But when we and then what happens when your belly is drawn in all the time, you end up breathing into your chest, and your chest is kind of what rises and falls. But instead, we really want our bellies to be able to breathe, and then you breathe in, your belly rises or expands, and then your chest is going to rise slightly to follow. So your whole torso should move.
2: Great. Mm-hmm. So something that, you know, could just go along with breathing it could be going outside for walks every day. And for the purpose of, of getting some sunshine, but also just out breathing some fresh air and having some different scenery and allowing for more space for new thoughts and new ideas or just maybe some peaceful time for yourself. So, yes, it's very, very cold here in Minnesota, But it's it's still going to be a great idea to decide, I'm just going to go out even for a 10-minute walk every day. Maybe it's at your lunchtime or maybe it's in the morning right after you wake up or any time that you choose. And, And just try it, even once, and see what a difference it makes in your day. See if it helps you feel more positive or if it just helps you feel more inspired or just feel better in general. So that would be a great practice to start doing And um, we'll just jump right on to another one. And this one's like a double whammy because this next one can help you, you know, with the external stresses that are coming in, but it also makes a difference with the internal stresses that we talked about earlier. And this would be Epsom salt baths. So, you know, you use about two cups of Epsom salts poured in the hot bathtub and get in and soak for at least 20 minutes. And most people find baths to be very relaxing. We all know this. And if you're a person who enjoys taking the baths, maybe use some drops of essential oils like lavender is a really good relaxing one. And if you really love bubble baths and different things like that, put that in there too to make it a really enjoyable and relaxing experience for yourself. No, I'm somebody that doesn't like baths at all, but those Epsom salt baths, um, They
3: really do relax you, and that's because the Epsom salts is magnesium sulfate, and we know magnesium relaxes. It relaxes your muscles, but it also just helps your whole body relax. And so, for those of you who are kind of like I am, you really don't like baths. I'm just going to suggest make it, you know, as pleasant as possible for you, but know that it's not necessarily only a relaxing experience. But there's this chemical reaction going on, and that you're absorbing the magnesium to help your whole body relax.
2: Yes, and if you're doing that before bed, that can really help you to fall asleep as well. Hmm. Do we have any more, Madeline? You yeah, know what, said- that's, that's all of our tips for today. So, you know, if you're a person who is new to de-stressing, let's say choose one. Choose one of these and, and definitely don't try to incorporate all of them all together, but just pick something that's simple that you can do and make it make a note of, of what a difference it makes in your life.
3: Well, and I'm thinking that that rhythmic breathing at Thanksgiving celebrations where maybe it's not your favorite thing or you're around people that are kind of ruffling up your feathers or any of that's going on or the high anxiety type of things in situations that try the rhythmic breathing in there. And as Madeline mentioned, you can do that rhythmic breathing anywhere.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can even do it while you're next to other people eating dinner and they won't even notice. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, while you're listening to them talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're looking for some good Thanksgiving recipes, look at the blog. And it's on studiotimeout.com, and you click on the blog tab. That's it for the show. I'm Lucy, and this was Jeannie and Madeline.
4: We'll see Bye-bye. you next time.
0: Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Jeannie, Lucy, and Madeline for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead.